Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do want to take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them on to ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. And I am super happy today to have a guest and we're gonna talk about sort of the intersection of two dynamics that I am sure everyone can relate to. And that is the dynamic of pleasing our parents. So this is as adults. I mean, we probably did it as little children too, but that trap that will keep us behaving in a way in our adult lives because it's really driven by not wanting to disappoint or upset our parents and do what they want us to do. And pleasing our spouses, another thing many of us can relate to. So Sonia, I am so happy to have you here. And as we get started, what I would really like, I guess the other thing I'll say to the audience is if what what Sonia and I are going to talk today about today fits in any relationship that is troubling you. Like I will just challenge you, even if you don't have spousal pleasing, you don't try to please your parents, like maybe that's not your thing. But for some reason, you have found your way to liberate your people pleasers podcast, right? So there's some relationship in your life, it could be with your BFF. So be willing to change the word. <laughs> for the person involved to your person, because it doesn't matter if it's at work, in friendships or whatever, we've all got relationships where we got sort of triggered into, anchored into having a habit of needing their approval, wanting to please them, wanting to make them happy, that ends up overriding our own personal um, drive for what we want to accomplish and the decisions we want to make in our own lives. So with that, Sonia, I want you to tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and your experience at sort of the intersection of these two dynamics of pleasing your parents and then how that messed with your marriage, even though interestingly enough, and I'm going to want to hear a lot more about this, you weren't a people pleaser in your marriage, like to your husband, but then how that, how the relationship with your parents complicated that and affected that. So welcome and take it away. Thanks for having me. So I want to start. My name is Sonia and I'm a parent pleaser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I grew up in Puerto Rico, which is a pretty conservative culture, and, and uh, we are raised to uh, be very respectful to our parents and to all adults, and we were required to be very polite, and that's how I, uh, I grew up. And my dream was to be a writer. I wanted to be a journalist, but I decided to please my daddy who said he did not send kids to go to, to college and he wouldn't pay for BS majors. So, uh, and by that, I mean, bullshit. He didn't ah. believe. So he thought of my- Of course, like, you can say bullshit. I can say, okay, or you can bleep me. So my dad said, yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, we'll let you curse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so my dad said, no, no, journalism is a bullshit major and I'm not paying for it. So I, I negotiated and I said, okay, I think I would like, uh, I think I would like business. I like finance. And I decided to have a dual major. And uh, I worked in, in, I had a corporate existence for many, many years. I'm currently an adult. I am currently a, a, a divorce attorney. I've been practicing law for 26 years next month. Mm. Yes. And uh, I have finally decided to be doing what I really want to do with my life, what I always wanted, which is to be a writer. So now in addition to having a private practice of law, I also write and I am an empowerment trainer and domestic violence advocate and speaker. Mm. Mm. And I provide trainings and workshops uh, for women and uh, men as well to help people live their best lives and turn their adversity into opportunities for personal growth and transformation. Mm, I love that. So tell us the name of the book. My first book is Solve the Divorce Dilemma. Do you keep your husband or do you post him on Craigslist? <laughs> love that. Okay. <laughs> And my second book is Relationship Solutions, Effective Strategies to Heal Your Heart and Create the Happiness You Deserve. Because I was pleasing the men who complain it was uh, too biased for women. So I created a gender neutral version with additional content to make the book more useful for more people. Awesome. And we're going to have everybody stay till the end because uh, I think Sonia's going to offer some books to people and we'll tell you how to do that. And of course, that'll be in the show notes. Um, but let's get back to your story. So I, I love how specific you were with the story about the bullshit degree. I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that story where they professionally, you know, did something to please their parents or, you know, whether it's in their education or later professionally. And so tell me how you, how did you, what was that like for you to kind of come to grips with that and risk disappointing your dad or, you know, maybe it was both of your parents. In terms, in terms, in terms of my, my education. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a survivor. I always think that the end is is what should prevail. And I wanted my, my education in journalism. Okay. And I also wanted to please my parents. And I thought it would be a great compromise. It would be good for me as a backup also to, to have two professions. So I thought it was a good idea to do both. And I was able to do it. It wasn't easy. It was a lot of work. Yep. But I'm glad I did it because once I got out of um, college, I decided to pursue the corporate career instead. Yeah. Okay, great. So tell us in your marriage, tell, tell us how, 
um, that pleasing your parents ended up impacting, I, I, cause I don't know the answer to this. So I'm curious too, did it impact who you chose, um, or not like you were that the relationship was good, but as far as you and him, again, to just kind of separate the part of you and him and then the effect that pleasing your parents played on that relationship. Well, in, in, in my situation, I got to pick my husband. Okay. And, uh, but within 24 hours of the wedding, I found out that he was a psychologically abusive man. So I had picked, my parents let me pick the wrong partner. Uh huh. Yes. But, you know, the moment that happened and I found myself in that situation, like, oh my God, what have I done and what am I going to do? How am I yes. going to get myself out of this? The only thing I could hear in my head was my mother's voice. You should have figured that out before you got married. So uh-huh. I knew that I was going to find that parental opposition uh, and yes. resistance to get divorced. And again, it was like really early. It was something so unexpected and so out of nowhere yeah. that would have been very difficult for them to accept. So I, I try to stuck it at, I, I stuck it out for way too long um in 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 part for not wanting to you know upset my parents and also because i'm catholic and the catholic church is not very divorce friendly so i was trying to balance my own happiness with my cultural upbringing yes so i so i think that's such a interesting dynamic because we see that in so many ways it's sort of so in my world the words that come to mind, uh, as you told your story there is you've made your bed, you have to lie in it. Right. It's like, right. As if once we make a decision, even if we know we come to a point where we realize it's not a good decision for us. It's like the freedom to choose is over. Like you only had that freedom at the beginning. And once you choose now, there's no freedom. And that's why the I use the word liberation so often and freedom very often, because to me, as we drop these habits, and I like to think of them as habits just because it keeps me out of my own judgment towards myself, you know, to think of it as a habit mm-hmm. instead of some awful, you know, thing I've picked up. Um, but that habit of thinking we're stuck that habit of thinking we don't have a choice, that habit of thinking I can't do this if it's going to upset my parents. I can't do this for many people. I can't do this if it'll upset my spouse. I I was a super partner pleaser. Okay. I mean, I bent over backwards and twisted myself into a pretzel uh, to please my husband's. Okay. So I did it that way. I was, I probably did that more than maybe my parents, but I had a very enmeshed relationship with my mother. So I also spent a lot of years never wanting to, you know, disappoint her or upset her. And so for you, what was the key to that liberation into choosing your own happiness and your own sort of soul's calling? I really 
did a lot of soul searching. And again, given my background, my, my conservative background, I realized that this was a very difficult decision, but that I deserved to be happy. And that if this marriage was going to continue that way, I would never be happiness feel the happiness I deserve. So I did a lot of, uh, I, I work with clergy. I, I, I talked to different people. I, I left my parents out of that equation mm. just so that I would not have that, let's say static or interference. Yes. So I made that decision on my own terms with the guidance of clergy who understood what was really happening in their relationship, because these are neutral third parties. Uh, it's very, very hard for you to have a very close friend or relative, someone who knows you be able to support you the way that you really need to be supported in this kind of situation. Yes. So I got to the point where I had to decide it's either me or him. I did, however, make sh make made sure that I gave it my best shot, that I did not take my, my marriage vows lightly. And that if I was divorcing is because this relationship was certainly not viable. Yes, I love that. You know, I coach people um, in their about their relationships uh, fairly regularly, but I don't co coach couples. Um, I, you know, I just work with the the one person <laughs> who identifies themselves usually as that partner pleaser and wants help really regaining their own sense of self, you know, within that relationship, which is what you ultimately had to do with your parents is regain that sense of self outside of them. But what struck me about what you just said was that impartial third party, because for me, I'm not invested if my client stays with their spouse, doesn't stay with their spouse, takes a break from their spouse. Like, I don't care, right? I, I'm not invested in an agenda for that relationship. My agenda, it's for the person to find themselves, right? And then as they find themselves, be able to communicate that to their partner or to their parent or in their employment or wherever the place is that they end up giving up who they are to keep the peace or please somebody else to oversimplify that. Um, so what would you have to say to somebody who really finds themselves stuck? I think, you know, with a parent, it can seem particularly hard right? Because, and this is not to make light of your divorce or mine or anyone else's, uh, but, you know, we can leave a person we marry. It's much harder to leave, quote unquote, a parent, right? They're, they're sort of with you um, for life. And so it can, I think that relationship can seem even more impossible to break free from not the relationship, but that unhealthy dynamic of you pleasing so much, you know, within it to keep it happy or keep it on an even keel or however you would say it. So tell us a little bit about that for you. Well, I, I like I said, I, I kept my parents out of this picture and you're going to love this. My mother was psychic. So, Oh God, I was, I was, telling that complicated things. 
I had a lot of fun with that because she was psychic. I knew she knew, but I hadn't said anything. I knew her little antennas were going to be going crazy. Mm-hmm. So I waited until I had already filed the the papers in court. Uh-huh. I had already secured a lease to a new place. Okay. And I chose to tell her, by the way, I am getting divorced. I, I already, everything is about to be finalized. I want you to know this was a, a decision that I made very carefully. It was very well reasoned and considered, and I would appreciate you would appreciate it if you would support me on this. Mm. So there's a power in that statement, right? That just your energy to even make that statement is so different than the energy that would be behind sort of asking permission, you know? So instead of asking permission to do what you're doing, do what you did in leaving your husband to just come at it from, this is what I've done and I'm asking for your support. And I think that that's so important because I'm a, I don't want to put words in your mouth. uh, So tell me this. If she had said, or your parents had said, you know, oh my gosh, no, we can't. What are you doing? You've lost your mind, whatever. (laughs) Would you have changed what you were doing? Or were you on that path regardless? And then you were just inviting them, so to speak, hoping, you know, obviously that they would support that. But it was more of an invitation than if they had said, no, it would have unraveled your plans. My plans were final. They were set. And uh, all I was asking them to do is just to understand that I did what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no change in course. And again, you know, I, I wanted to please my parents. I always did, but this created such a shift in me. I, I went from being my parents' child to being a fully grown independent adult. And it was the most liberating experience for me. And it, it affected not just the way I saw myself, but also how I interacted with other adults uh, from, from my upbringing. Uh, in fact, one time my parents came to visit me after my divorce, they wanted to make sure I was okay. My mom, like she just dropped whatever she was doing and she came, she helped me move. And she was really good. And I'm sure she kind of had an understanding, a vague understanding of why I needed to get out. Um, But when they came to visit, we had uh, dinner with another friend from Puerto Rico. And she crossed the line during a conversation. And she treated me in a way that was disrespectful to treat adult to adult. She was treating me like a child. And I responded, I just fired back politely. It's not like I yelled at her, or it was rude or anything. And I defended right. myself and I stood my ground while my parents were standing there, you know, like looking at each other, like, oh my God, what do we do here? And, yeah. uh, and you know, after she was gone, they're like, oh my God, that was really awkward, but you handled yourself very well. Yeah, so I'm really struck by the word you chose there about how it liberated you from being a child to really being an adult. Because I think that that is, you know, when we're in it, when I was deep, deep, deep 
in it in my 20s with my mother and my husband. I, of course, didn't see it that way. I didn't see that all that pleasing was coming from a sort of childish point, but it was. And that feeling of choosing yourself, of taking care of yourself, of prioritizing yourself, it is a very adult thing. And it is very empowering and very liberating. Indeed. And so I just hope that everybody listening, I hope you feel that, like I can feel it, like I'm feeling it in my body. Just the difference between all that, oh, I hope they like this, I hope they approve, I hope I want, you know, am I doing it good enough? This, I mean, I think this is where all of our not enoughness sort of ends up growing from, is those childish ideas that happen when we get criticized by a parent, criticized by a teacher, criticized by other kids our age, you know, like whatever, an aunt, an uncle. I mean, you know, you can have one thing said to you by one person as a child and it it can just, you know, like I remember reading a story about somebody who's, when they were a kid, like their uncle or their grandmother, somebody, you know, said something about them being fat. And that stayed with them long into their adulthood. So we can't, we have to honor that even things that as an adult, you might look back on it and go, oh, well, that was silly. You know, they just said that, like, I only remember it happening one time. What's wrong with me? Why am I letting this affect me? Like all that negative self-talk is so unserving, right? To just be able to say, okay, I heard that when I was a child and it got deeply embedded in me for whatever reasons. I don't have to know why, you know, (laughs) but it did. And now as an adult, how do I want to reparent that little girl or boy who heard that, who heard that deep criticism and couldn't deal with it other than to internalize it and make it true, basically. Um, So I wonder how that, the sort of idea, I love to talk about the inner loving presence, which to me is like my ideal parent and how she would talk to me, how she would soothe me, how she would coach me through something I'm doing as an adult now, so that the little girl part of me who's so wounded over that doesn't wind up in the driver's seat of my adult decision-making. So did you have, I'm just curious, because we we didn't talk about that ahead of time. These are always unscripted interviews. I'm curious if you can relate to that, if you had that sort of, I don't know what you would have called it necessarily, but that sort of um, inner parent, uh, ideal parent that helped you sort of Rescript or re-see yourself in a new way. That's funny. I never, I never gave it any thought in, in those terms. What was really important for me, and this is what I recommend to people I work with, mm. is that 
as you find yourself in these situations that are so harmful and so destructive, whether it's in a marriage or in, in any other problem in your life, I think the important thing is to empower yourself first. For me, going to school yeah. and following my passion, um, and it was a conversation that actually I had with my dad who said the problem with you, I was unhappy in my marriage. I was unhappy in my career. I was only 25. It's like smart, smart people like you do stuff, do work in bullshit. Mm -hmm. So he encouraged me to go to law school. And for the first time, I didn't take it as, as being told what to do. It was a really useful suggestion. And this was all done at an intuitive level. So I can't really say that I, I did that to me. Yes. Intentionally and with those words of loving and caring. But I, I just intuitively decided taking steps in the direction of the personal growth that I wanted to experience mm -hmm. to where I wanted to see myself. So yeah. I decided to go to school, just getting accepted and start getting, you know, getting ready to go. Being in school lifted my spirits and, and gave me a greater sense of worth. I was doing well in school. I have always been a good student and academic and, um, just having a new set of support systems, a completely brand new life. While I was in school, I was still working full time, but I had a new set of friends. So my life completely got transformed mm -hmm. by just taking those steps. And then when I, when I was ready to divorce, which I did at the, the last semester in law school, I had something brand new to look forward to. Mm -hmm. so that I could start with a clean slate. So now that I have already processed all this, this is not something I knew at the time, but right. over time I have processed it. And what I recommend to my clients is empower yourself. Try to identify what is it that would make you feel happy and alive? What gives you that sense of purpose, which is very yeah. much in line with what you're talking about, because you're really rediscovering yourself. Because very often when we enter into, into relationships, we are conditioned by all these societal voices that say, you know, you're supposed to be married. You're supposed to uh, take care of your spouse. You have to make your spouse happy. Mm -hmm. You have to engage in certain behaviors and fit a certain model. So what we do is when we enter in relationships, we believe that we have literally, like the Bible says, become one at the expense of who we used to be. And yeah. we give up all these things that were nurturing to us that made us feel happy. Perhaps a career or an education that we were pursuing, a hobby. Mm -hmm. or friends or friends that brighten your life but that your spouse may not like or that may not fit into your new uh, mm -hmm. cultural pattern of you know hanging out with other couples so there's so many things that we give up in order to be in a relationship that spousal pleasing takes away some of the things that supported us before we got married mm -hmm. and the best way is to start rediscovering what those things were and even better start exploring what are the things pique your interest that might you know might make you feel alive and happy more on purpose yeah. it just it, because it liberates you to start over which includes new things yeah. that 
you may not even know existed at the time you got married. Yes, yes. Well, there's no better note to end on than that. I I love that. In fact, before we got on, I, I was writing a blog about using pleasure as a litmus test. Um, so I think that what you're saying is so wise and so true that if we, it doesn't matter what we call it, right? And what language we put around it. It's that you're choosing, you're following that inner guidance to choose and remember what it is that lights you up, that brings you joy and following that, where that, follow those breadcrumbs, you know, and they will lead you to that liberation. Yes. Well yeah. said. Beautiful. All right. So you're going to give away um, a few copies of your book, I hear, to some of our listeners. So you want me to have them email you if they, and, and you'll just take the first five that um, reach out to you. And so we'll, I'll put Sonia's email in the show notes so you can that. Um, so hop down to the show notes and shoot her an email uh, to get a copy of her book. Anything else around that that you want to share or how people can reach you? We'll have your website uh, in the show notes. Any, any place else? The best way to reach me is at soniafrontera.com. That is www.soniafrontera.com. And there you will find, find links to all my social media and learn more about my projects and some goodies that I have for people who visit. Yay, we love the goodies. Oh, Sonia, thank you so much for your time with me and with this audience. And I hope that um, you're sharing this with your audience and they also get to see you in an expanded way and that your work is really lifted, you know, and expanded out in the world because you have a great message that so many people need to hear. So thank you so much for being with me on this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got some extra bonuses for you today. So check out the show notes. You will see a link to download my free training. This is the newest training I have. It's called People Pleasers Power Training. It's a video series and worksheet that will take you through a very specific process where you will take your power back from a relationship or a situation that has you feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated, angry, all of the above. So grab that. I also have people ask me about how they actually work with me. And so the easiest way to do that is to book a 15 minute call. So you'll see that link in the show notes and we'll have a conversation about whether now is the right time, whether I'm the right coach and how you would like to engage in that with me. There's also the link to my private Facebook group, Liberate Your People Pleaser. It's a great place to get additional resources and be in a like-minded community. You can also submit a question through the show notes. There's a link for you to tell me what it is that you're wondering, a topic you'd like for me to address on a future episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. So thank you for being here as always. If you can take the time to do it, I love it. If you put a five-star review on the podcast server that you get this podcast from, that always helps us get out to more listeners 
So thank you so much. And thank you for being with me on the journey to liberate our people pleasers. Mm -hmm.